I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. It's a big match preview here on the Maritime Radio. Thursday, the 25th of August. I'm your host, Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we look ahead to Saturday's game with Bolton Wanderers are oh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Good, thanks, Louis. Excellent. Good to have you here. Uh, fresh from V-Festival as well? Not fresh, but yeah, <laughs> back from V-Festival. I hope you shouted since then. I have once or twice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, joining the pair of us, Nathan Muller. How are you, Nathan? Yeah, not bad. Sweltering. Sweltering, yeah. So I just want to let Sue know that I ain't actually topless. I was joking. <laughs> it's the magic of radio. You can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on tonight's show, we're going to bid farewell to Tariq Holmes Dennis following his signing uh, by Huddersfield Town yesterday. We're going to hear from two goal hero Nikki Ajose following Saturday's win at Walsall. We're going to discuss the Sultan Athletic Supporters Trust coach to Fleetwood, uh, the fact that the Scunthorpe game on Saturday week's been postponed and the new date has been uh, announced. Twen- uh, uh, 20th of September on a Tuesday night in Scunthorpe. Hooray. Uh, and uh, we're going to discuss our Charlton connection with Bolton this week. It's going to be Klaus Jensen, who can remember the great day and send us in your memories of the great man studio at charltonlive.co.uk on the email. You can tweet us at charltonlive. We'll go look ahead to Saturday's game with uh, Bolton Wanderers. Uh, but first things first, um, I think the, the major news this week, the, uh, the selling of Tariq Holmes-Dennis. Uh, a mi- mixed reaction to that one, really, isn't there, Tom? Yeah, I... Um when I first sort of heard the rumour and didn't realise that I think it's clear he, he kind of wanted to go anyway, it was a bit bizarre. I thought, I was surprised that someone wanted him, you know, as much as they did. He's not like a sort of Gomez or, you know, a young starlet or like Cousins. He's not an established player in the team yet. So it was a bit of a surprise, but it's frustrating because we're starting to turn a corner. We've still got a small squad, but we're trying to kind of build on players like him. Um and I thought he would be a, a good backup for this year. So that was disappointing. But as I say, it's become a bit more clear yesterday and today that he wanted that move by the sound of things. And, uh, you know, I wish him well. Were you surprised to see him go, Nath? Uh Yeah, I, yeah I, was on, I was chatting to a couple of people on Twitter yesterday as it goes. And um, I don't think it was a, a case of us selling him selling him cheap or whatever I think it was one of those which came as out of the blue you know and Tariq is at his age now we're in League One he wants to play and surprisingly he went to Huddersfield because I'm pretty sure they um, they signed a left back and sent one on loan so I don't know if they've got plans on playing him every week but I don't know is Andy Hughes still there so he might have yeah I mean, Andy Hughes to... is still there I was doing some reading up on the, on the Huddersfield website yeah. and, uh, David Wagner, the Huddersfield manager, said, uh, you know, he played with, I can't remember, uh, Casey Palmer, I think. Perhaps. Yeah, Casey. Yeah, yeah. Done, he said yeah. that Andy Hughes knew him as, as a good character, mm. uh, which is one. I mean, um, that's, it's a bit, always been a debate, perhaps rolling on for the last 
six months to a year. Ever since, ever since we saw Tariq, Tariq had that really good spell in, in the mm. team last year, we saw him away at Birmingham putting a particularly impressive performance rate where he, uh, he set up Johnny Jackson's 50th goal about whether he should be ahead of Morgan Fox. Now, for me, I think Morgan's growing. You know, he, he had a difficult spell of it last year. I think he's growing back into the position, back into the sort of form he was showing the year before last. Mm. You know, other people had a different opinion to that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was surprised. I was surprised Tariq wasn't probably given a little bit more of a go in front of Morgan. Not, not in a sense of a left back, which some people would argue he probably could, but even to the extent of that left-hand side, because the way they them two could probably play, they'd probably complement it really well. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's different. I've always been in the camp, whoever it is. If a player wants to go, you've got to let them go. Um, because you don't want someone who doesn't want to be there. You want someone, like Russell said, you want someone who's going to fight for their place and try and out. Fox, Fox. You like that one, didn't you? But, you know, then <laughs> that's what you need. But... You know, fair play to him. Tarek's made a decision as a man, as a player, and he's for his career's sake, he wants to move, and then, you know, good luck to him. But it puts us in a position now where do we either go and dip in the youth again, or do we go and spend money on a loan fee and wages or a transfer fee of buying a backup left back? I don't think there's much point. Um, so it looks like we're probably going to have to make Lennon can play there possibly, but. Yeah, I don't know where it leaves us now because it's sort of a bolt seen, out of blue, isn't it? We've the seen Solly play there as well. Yeah. The other thing you could argue as well is that Fox's game has stepped up since Tariq yeah. came in and had a few good games because Fox was the same when he came in and Wiggins was injured. He played really well. But when he hasn't had someone pushing him, that's perhaps when his form's dropped a little bit. I, I'm not saying necessarily that he gets comfortable, but it might just be coincidence. But, mm. you know, I think a lot of players need someone pushing them to know that they need to work hard for their place. and. Yeah. I'm not sure necessarily that he's going to have that unless someone does come in. Uh, the club's released it as an undisclosed fee. <laughs> Shock. Which is the, which is, that's, the way, that's the way things go. Yeah. Uh, uh, Richard Corley uh, got the fee, £400,000. Do you think? I mean, it's, it's hard to say, really, what, as fans, how, how you rate a player. I mean, yeah. do you, can you, what price do you put on potential rather than something that hasn't really been quite achieved as, as of yet? I mean, it's, it's going to be more... Di- we're going to obviously want more because we're quite biased and he's one of our own sort of thing. But if, if you're a buyer and you're looking at Tariq, he's, hard, he's played a handful of games, he's not proven in in championship level, maybe to an extent League One. He's had a couple of loan spells at Plymouth, but it was League Two, wasn't it? So yeah. it's hard to sort of gauge that we've got that sort of money for him. But again, you know, if 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 he if he wants to go, we've got to get him out of the door quickly to try and for us to get someone else in the door as quickly as possible if we are. So it's one. It's a rock and a hard place, I think, mm. for um, for the club and for Russell, because I think it was a bit of a kick in the teeth, because I don't think that was expected at all. I think as well, if you're a fan of another club and that transfer comes up on Sky News or whatever and you see that figure, you're not going to know who he is, you're not going to know anything about him. So I think it, it probably does represent the fact that he is young, he is unproven. But, um, yeah, like Nath says, as Charlton fans, we'd hope for a little bit more, but that's going to be the case whoever we sell, I think. We had a tweet in uh, earlier during the day from Robert Crouch. He says, can anyone shed any light on this undisclosed fee poppycock that is continuing when, when selling players? And I say, I mean, it often happens now. Uh, it's, mm. not, it's not just us who does it. A lot of teams do it. A lot of teams play, play their cards close to their chests when it, when it comes to revealing transfer fees. Uh, you see a lot of people on the, on the forum saying, you know, we... we, we we pay our money for the tickets. We we deserve to know what sort of things. So you can see it, you can see it from both sides. I mean, hmm. it, we would love to know. And like I say, luckily we've got someone like Rich who can d- do some digging and and find out his four hundred k for us. And, and every now and then we pick up tidbits like that. But do, do you 
you know, can you, is, it, is it a case where you just have to un- unfortunately understand where the club are coming from in this one, or, or should it be that all fo- <laughs> like all football transfers, they, they should have to say how much it is? Yeah, it's, it is a bit annoying when you have undisclosed fees, but you can also, if it was your business, you could understand it from mm. the other side as well, especially if. You know, with the money coming in from and the loss of income for for people like us, it's easy for teams to sort of gauge people other people's budgets. So you know, we was we came out and said, oh, we've got a budget of a top six or whatever it was. You do that by gauging of you know their receipts and looking at their financial accounts and that. So it's easy enough for people, and you don't want people knowing how much you've got to spend because if you go and buy someone for say you bought him for five million. The next time Huddersfield are going to want to go and buy a player, that selling club's going to hang on a minute. They've got a bit of money here. Let's push them a little bit more. So, but yeah, on the other, on the flip side, yeah, I can understand. You know, the undisclosed is a bit jarring. I think uh, like transfers get so complicated now as well, and there's so many more things than just the yeah. initial fee. So I think even with this one, didn't Rich say that we've got some sort of sell-on clause? Mm. Um, so I think you know by saying undisclosed, it's just easier than saying well we're getting this much for him now, and yeah. if he goes for this much, we're getting this percentage. It's just well, it's a case, it's a case of playing your cards close to your yeah, chest. Yeah, as, absolutely. As they said, like if, if if all of a sudden they know that we've you know got we've, however much yeah, money, four hundred mm. grand in this case. But over, over the course of the summer, we've probably earned about what five six million pounds yeah. from from transfer fees. I mean, I think partly the reason that everyone wants to know how much it is. And, and and with good reason in this case is because we want to know where's it where the, yeah. where's this money going. Mm. Yeah. I mean that's the other question. The amount of uh, money we've got, and we, we we spent a fair a fair whack on Nicky Jose by the sounds mm. of it, and you know tra- transfers here and there. But you know we obviously we know there's there's going to be losses that need to be recouped. That that seems to be the way Roland operates. But you know we'll, we'd love to know what what happens with the, with the rest of that money. Does it just go to cutting off the losses or the running of the club, or does Roland take it out of the club? That's what we don't really know, and that's why people want to know these things. Yeah, I think we've. Um, another sort of spin on it if, if I can is because I've I, I contributed to Valley Gold so when we see you know we all contribute some of them people have left now but we contribute all this money to the Valley Gold scheme and Tarek's been part of that um, he's got his so I think in a way if we're contributing to a scheme and developing players and then ultimately we are going to be a selling club because we are you know there's no denying that if I think there's some sort of responsibility that we should really know, We're, even if it's not in the public domain, but if there's like a Valley Gold meeting, all the sort of players that come out of Valley Gold, it'll say, you know, if we've got X amount for Tarek, we've got X amount for John Smith or whoever, and blah de blah de blah I think that probably would work a little bit better because... If it's an investment, really. Mm. Valley Gold is an investment, really, because we're, put, we're sort of putting money in to see the future stars of Charlton, and for them to be sold fairly young, would I think it'd be quite a good idea for us all to sort of see that. Mm. Uh, some quotes from Slade uh, that he gave to, to Rich Corley from the South London Press. You can check the South London Press website for these. But um, so a couple of them, he said, uh, Russell Slade says that Tariq wanted to go. He looked me in the eyes and said, I want to go, Gaffer. It was a player who didn't want to be here. Uh, at the minute, we're a team that's doing all right. We're on a bit of a mission, but he doesn't want to be here, whether that's because they're in the championship uh, or financially, I don't know. Secondly, he was fighting for a place with Foxy uh, and he wasn't winning that battle at the moment. So Russell Slade obviously felt that you know, uh, Tariq dis- didn't particularly want to be here. That's what I mean. This is what Russell's saying, and uh, f- Morgan Fox clearly the first choice left back at the moment. So, so that's why Russell seems seem quite happy just just to get rid in this case. Yeah, and I think Nate touched on it earlier that Slade wants players here that that want to be here and want to work for the shirt, and Tariq clearly didn't want to do that. I think it's a shame. Um, I think in any other circumstance, Tariq probably would have deserved his chance to play. He's just. Know, fallen foul of the fact that we've got some other players in those positions playing well at the moment. Um, I think if he had stayed for the season, he'd definitely have got his chance at some point. 
Um, but yeah, his head's been turned clearly. Huddersfield, I would imagine, are offering him more than we can. They're a team at the top of the championship. Must be offering yeah. him to go and move to Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, you would think, you know, even sitting on the bench there, you know, they're currently top of the championship, aren't they? Or close to. So it is a different environment. And uh, he's had to put up with relegation for the first time in his career. And yeah, I, I completely appreciate from his point of view where, why he wanted to go. I would have liked to have seen him stay myself, but um, that's the decision he's made. Uh, left back options now. So I would say we, I think Solly could probably play there. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got Foxy there, Archie Edwards. I think he's yeah. yeah I, I said this yesterday on Twitter. He's a. I think he, he'll be there or thereabouts, but I'd still give him a little bit more time. I don't. Very, last time I saw him yeah. play, he'd, he'd grown a fair bit. He was very yeah. very slight when I first saw him playing. Very small. He's grown a bit, but he's still beefing out a bit isn't he? He's, yeah <laughs> that's what I mean I, 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 it's easy for us to just throw him in but you know unless if he was the sort of same sort of mould as sort of Conza and Gomez I think he would have been there or thereabouts already yeah. so I'm pretty sure Steve Avery would probably say to us all like yes or no not yet or maybe give him a couple of you know well we're out of the cup now but maybe you know the Southampton game or so you know maybe see mm. it then but I'd like him to have a bit more time but then it comes back to the fact what I said earlier is you, we ain't gonna really going to buy anyone for it. We ain't going to pay loan fees for it. You ain't going to waste... Ex- if you're going to get someone experiencing, they're going to be on a higher wage. So it might end up being that we do that or we can shove... Might have to put Harry Lennon there if it comes to it or... I don't know. It's, it's, I don't really know where it's left. It's left us in a bit of a pickle. I think it'll be Solly and I think we'll put someone else at right back. I think yeah. that's all we'll have to yeah. do. If if Morgan can't, fulfill yeah, was, his it, was it Foley tried out there the other yeah. week? Yeah, it, it may even be that. I mean, if Fox gets a horrific injury, we can maybe look at a longer term loan or something. But obviously, we hope that doesn't happen. We've, but got, if we've got to be careful now because I think as soon as the transfer window closes, I think that's it for loans yeah. as well. Now it's different. Mm. It's different to what it used to be. So that, right. that's a whole new ballpark mm. for us to think yeah. about as well. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. had that random. You had that. I saw it on Twitter. So you had some random um, French player who was linked with Brighton and someone else, but they're. Some, it, he was linked with us it was that John Daniel Akpa Akpro or something he oh, played yeah. right back left yeah, back yeah. and defensive mid so I sort of had a little look at him and that so um, <laughs> but I don't know how real that is but mm. I don't know maybe they've already started the the lookout on sort of utility players but. Yeah. Uh, favourite Tariq Holmes Dennis moments then he's got a screen Barry against yeah, Barry Bannon is skilled. <laughs> That's yeah, it, Barry Bannon. Against yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't actually contribute no. anything. It was just funny to see Barry great. Bannon, who's ex Palace, and he played for Wednesday, just get absolutely annihilated. <laughs> and he was playing right back, so it's even better. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. He's, he had a he had a good. I, th- I can't remember what game we He had a good cross, and we scored from it. I can't yeah, remember what against game Birmingham. Yeah. The, uh, he's got a great Jacko's free kick against um, Dagenham and Reprise yeah. in pre-season yeah. friendly as well. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I, I remember well. Uh, James Fern tweets in. Anyone else reckon uh, Young Suk Young could do a job at this level? Impress me before, and he's a free agent at the moment. Don't think he'll get a work permit. I don't think he'll get a work permit now. I don't think. I think there was rumours about he couldn't re-sign for. Um, anyone over here because he was struggling with a work permit but I don't know how real that was it was just a rumour but he, I mean when he was here he'd done okay he, he didn't shine particularly but he worked hard and grafted but I think Slade's gone very much for um, British and really British yeah, 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 yeah I can't see it yeah. happening yeah. Um, uh, Mike Tyson says there are so many apologists for the regime these days coming out of the woodwork it's unbelievable Twitter is awash with them um, I mean that, that's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty separate point to what we're talking about now but it, it, a lot of it did come up around the Tariq Holmes-Dennis mm. situation because a lot of people were looking at that going you know you got you got, you got Russell Slade saying we, there's a player who doesn't want to be here um, that we've got the the fact that we know that we sell quite a lot of players at, at the moment we're, we're selling a lot which is quite difficult um, on the other hand you know we 
as Charlton fans, we, we want to see our, our brightest young players staying with us for as long as possible to, um, I mean, obviously it's a slightly different story if they're saying they don't want to be here, but personally, why do they not want to be here? That's the question. Is it because it's financial? Is it because we're in League One, which is, you know, it's the fault of the club that we're in League One. It's no one else's fault. Hmm. Um, you know, is, is it a shame that we're not, we're not getting to see Tariq Holmes and it's a player who is exciting, who, who you know, loves to bomb going forward for a left, for a you know, modern left back, if you will. It's, it's a shame we're not going to get to see that potential fulfilled in a Charlton shirt. Yeah, mm. I, 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 it's, it's, it's difficult because obviously I know where everyone's coming from and it, it can seem that, you know, we're, well, I'm trying to stick up for the, the, the current owners and stuff, which I'm not. It's just, I think, with the, the cars that we were dealt with at the time when Tariq spoke to Russell, it's, it's the only one option we really had. Um, Tariq didn't get his chance here. I think Tariq will probably be better in, as a wing back more than a full back. Um, but um, yeah, I don't, it's hard because he hasn't got his chance. But it's it's football, you know, and you just sometimes you just got to crack on, and then he's got to move to make the best of his career. Isn't if, it? So. if we're lucky, we'll see him in the Premier League, won't we? That was apparently what <laughs> what we all want anyway. So a decent sell on fee, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we've got a sell on clause apparently. Right, Chris Davin emails in on this subject. He says hello to the Thursday night incumbents of the Charlton Live uh, preview show. Just so just so we're beginning to strut our stuff in this pub league. Ignoring the lunatics who run our asylum, uh, what happens? Tariq Holmes Dennis, the Bannon mugging off man, is sold quicker than Paul Daniels, accompanied by the lovely Debbie McGee, <laughs> could have produced a hat. We sell another one of our kids. Uh, him of the jinky runs, remember Birmingham away, is off. Not only uh, off, but off to that football backwater of uh, Huddersfield Town. Hardly Liverpool, is it? They may be at the top of the championship after three to four games. It won't last. Millwall led the old first division once upon a time. This is 100% the Roland way to sell kids before they reach puberty in a footballing sense. Though in reality, sense too, uh, if you got an offer, I'm sure. Uh, we are trying to build a squad. Yes, a squad, not just a team to get back to where we came from. Selling our young, talented players doesn't help. When injuries, suspensions kick in as they inevitably do, what happens? Who's the cover for Fox? Our first 11 is okay by this awful league standards, but we need a squad to get out of it. I'm pleased August is nearly over. Then hopefully the card protests kick in again after their ill-advised decision to give Katrina an easy month will be a distant memory. Fuming a yet another stupid decision to sell off our future. That's Chris Devon. Uh, Chris, thanks for email. Because so as we said, there's there's plenty of unhappiness about the fact that we're missing out on another youngster. Yeah, there's plenty of points in that that email that are valid as well. Like I say, when I first saw it, I did think, you know, we are we do appear to be just turning a corner, and why are we selling another of our youth players? And um, yeah, the other thing is that, you know, we're we're just starting to improve. We're building on this squad, and he, he's a good backup. And Slade said it again in his press conference today. We've still got a very very small squad. And he's one of those players that we wanted as a backup, you know, and. Um, yeah, it is frustrating. I think Nath's point earlier about people who invest in Valley Gold and then see these players just head off, you know, when he's not really even broken into our team. I think that's completely valid as well. It, it's another tough thing. I think this one is slightly different because Tariq has made it clear that he didn't want to fight for the place. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't necessarily blame him for that because of the state the club's in. So 
yeah, as I say, a lot of points in that email that I can I can fully appreciate. Right, listen to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Let us know what you guys make of the uh, the fact that Tariq Holmes Dennis has left the club. He's been sold to Huddersfield Town for a fee in the region of four hundred thousand pounds. Right on Saturday, uh, we recorded our first away win of the season, and it wasn't just a first for away wins; it was also a first uh, Charlton goal or goals for Nicky Jose. Got twenty five for Swindon Town uh, last season. We were waiting patiently uh, for his first one, and uh, they came along like London bus. Uh, two of them came along at once. Now on Saturday after the game, we uh, a few of us uh, got to speak with Nicky and Jose, uh, and this is what the two-goal man had to say. Sure, you must be delighted with that this afternoon. Yeah, obviously it's uh, seven points of the week for us now. We're, we're really happy in there. Um, it's coming together a little bit now. Hard fought victory there. We played okay in patches. We've played better in, in other games and uh, got the three points today. We're really happy in there. Really happy. Saw the Walsall keeper react after after your first. Uh, were they saying that it came off a, off a hand or something? What was the? Uh, I'm not sure. Death was death wasn't a hand. It was, it was chest. I'm not sure what they were complaining about, but um, I'm not seeing it. As scored and ran off. You managed to read the the flick from uh, from Josh. Uh, is uh, is that partnership uh, coming together nicely? I think he just gone towards goal there, and I just been the way to honest, but uh, take it if we can get at the moment. So I'm happy. And the second one, uh, a little bit off the uh, off the, the, the sole of the, uh, of the boot, but uh, they all count, though. Yeah, I think obviously the the defenders it's kind of done me a little bit. I think I thought he was going to clear it, and I think he's thought he's going to score an own goal, and he's kind of like left it, and like I'm not really it's what I'm expecting it, but he's just hit me, you know, toes and gone in. Oh, I can't know. Okay, absolutely, it doesn't matter what part of the body. After uh, after a start that uh, where you've been in great positions and, and the ball just hasn't bounced for you, or, uh, or you just uh, just gone behind you rather than in front of you. Uh, was that frustration, or did you always know that the, these goals were going to come? Yeah, obviously, it would have been nice to score on your debut. Everyone wants that like, you dream of that. Do you know what I mean, it's took a few games. Um, it's frustrating, but um, obviously, pleased to get off the mark. More pleased about the, the, the couple of victories, if I'm honest, because, like I said to anyone who's ever asked me, I came here to win and to to be at the top end of the league. If I wanted to score as many goals as possible, I would have stayed at Swindon. It suited me perfectly, but I come here to win things, and that was the main the, the main reason. So, obviously, I want to score goals, but we've won, and that's more important to me. Two wins on the bounce, and then unbeaten in three. Uh, is there a decent amount of positivity in the change room? Yeah, as you can expect. Obviously, we had a bit of a rocky start, um, but like I said, it's been a new group transition all through the through the club. We've, we've, saw, we've shown a little bit of a, a little bit of metal, I think, today when we've been okay in the game, but we managed to ground out a, a good victory at a team which will be right up there, I think. And uh, personally, we're settling in nicely. I mean, the two goals will help, of course, but uh, settling into uh, into the club well. Yeah, obviously, the lads have been great. Um, get on, we get on with the lads, here and we're all here for the same cause, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. And now you, Ricky, and, and the skipper are all on too, so it's a, it's a fight for that top spot. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that ends up. <laughs> Cheers, Ricky. Cheers, mate. You, you know this level well. Um, are, you, are you seeing a squad that's coming together that's got a good chance of, of being up at that right end of the table? Yeah, obviously we've got some some real experience and some some really like good young players. Obviously we've got Adam Ola, who everyone knows about, but obviously Ezra's coming in. He's been outstanding. To one, he's probably been our best player. So we've got a real a real good mix. Um, Lads who know what it takes to win and lads who are hungry, so it's positive. Yeah, and going forward, like I say, the likes of Lookman Holmes, that's the sort of service that you're going to want from those sort of guys, isn't it? Yeah, obviously both two good players at different ends of the age spectrum. Um, it's a pleasure to play with, with good players. We've got more back home. I'm sure the manager's still looking to, to do bits and bobs, so it's, it's positive all around. And uh, Jersey, I know you said about um, the teams, all for the team of goals, but have you set any personal targets for yourself this season? Um, yeah, well, I want to get promoted. Um, 
if that's me scoring, however many or scoring, not many, as long as you get promoted, that's all I, I care about really. Yeah, and how's yeah. it? Sorry, in terms of goals, you had a great season last year, uh, 25 years last year, something similar, almost, well, we didn't guarantee promotion. But I don't think, I don't think he guaranteed promotion, but um, it's my job here to create and score goals, and hope I can do that in a, in a team which is successful, which means promotion for us. heavy defeat at Burnley today how do you sum that one up we were good Charlton Live <laughs> lovely stuff right welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio just heard from uh, Nicky Ajose there uh, following his two goals against Walsall on Saturday Daniel says uh, so glad Ajose got a couple of goals at Walsall it should settle him now and hope he goes on to score uh, many more it's, it's, it's quite funny actually looking at the goals he scored because like, the first one headed down towards just went in off his chest the second one uh, as he explained in the interview was expecting the defender to clear it so he just got like the, the, the toe of his like the the sole of his boot onto it and it sort of trickled over so that they're two what, what you'd call goal scorer goals like one of those ones where you just got to be there and it just got to go in yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry mate it was, it was going to say it's exactly what we didn't have last year wasn't it yeah. you know I don't, I'd, I'd take another 23 of them coming off his ear or his shoulder <laughs> I, I wouldn't care how they go in yeah. but uh, I think it's exactly what we didn't have last year we didn't have that little poacher or someone really who got in the box and got into the right position yeah. so yeah no great start I was so happy for him to Get what well, the first one was more than happy with, so but he got another, he got brace, so hopefully it kicks on now. And happy days, happy days. Well, we also heard uh, the Iden because a year to the day now since Ahmed Kashi scored that absolute wonder goal away at Peterborough. Um, and we, we heard the commentary there from Alex Stedman and from Greg Stubbley. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's been a better Charlton goal scored in, in that 365 days yet. Ricky Holmes has come close, but not, not quite. No, nothing near it. it. Just to remind you as well, just exactly how much we're missing him. Uh, and what a big influence you know that he'd only played two or three games at the start of that season he just looked so class mm-hmm. goes and does something like that we're all on a high we drew Palace didn't we that night in the next round everything seemed to be on the up at that stage of that season <laughs> and then the high point wasn't it it's yeah all, it's all gone down because yeah. then... right. I mean when we drew Palace then Palace hadn't started well nah. we'd started like a house on fire by the time I actually come to that Palace two, game about a month later two weeks later yeah Cashy yeah. was injured <laughs> we <laughs> no lost players, a few we? Yeah. we got hammered against Palace and got the crush yeah. out didn't we yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it went, so. went horribly wrong right it's also a, 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 an excuse to because I just uh, reminded uh, when, when that Cashy goal went in I was um, I was working doing doing my other job uh, was well, sort of the same job for uh, for BBC. So I was I was on air because I, I was still quite new in service and I was trying to record just to see what I sounded like. Um, and it turns out I was recording at the exact uh, moment that that uh, Alchemist Cashew goal went in, and this <laughs> is what I sounded like.
That sounds like it's from a naughty film, if you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> very, very, very few people are lucky to hear that noise. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Tariq Smallman says, you guys just reminded me that we're missing uh, Kashi and Diara. Like I say, t- two massive players are, are still to come back, but they are still months away from, from fitness. But so you imagine that they'll be pretty big for us when they do come back. Yeah, you've got to hope so. Obviously, Kashi, oh, I don't know if Diara's played at this level either, but... Yeah, they were just looked yeah, so yeah. solid at the start of last season. Diara only gets out of bed for World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and little tappings against Millwall. <laughs> a tapping is that harsh? Yeah, yeah. Good, little, a little good little flick, wasn't it? Flick, yeah. But um, yeah, nah, as soon as we get them back, I think we're, we're going to be such a different side. And at the moment, as I say, based on the last two games, we look pretty good anyway. But they're going to add that extra bit of class for sure. Yeah, right. News, news around the club. Uh, and the supporters uh, that's come out in the last week. Now, there's, there's been plenty of complaints over the last year or so, maybe even more, uh, about the uh, the coach service to away games supplied by the club. Now, I used to be a, a regular traveller on uh, on uh, Jean's coach from Bromley, uh, it, uh, and I used to I, mean, I used to love it because you know this was before before the day really when I knew enough people to go to the pub with, and this was that it's, it's all part of the Charlton community is to go to an away game with other people and it's uh, either you go on the train or you go on the car and meet people in the pub or in the stadium and, and, and another great place to do that is, is, on the, is on the away coach and you know you get up early go to Bromley North or to Welling or to, to wherever they pick you up from get on the coach go straight to the game it was always reasonably priced when I used to do it you know you'd never pay more than 25 quid uh, and that was for the longest journey it was always 20 quid I think normally uh, maybe 22 uh, and you get on the coach Gene looks after you on the Bromley coach makes you a cup of tea comes around, does a raffle, you have a wonderful time, you speak to other Charlton fans. So it's, it's, it's an important part of the away day experience for a lot of people is the coach journey. Uh, and the, the problem that we've had in the last however long is that the coach journey has become more expensive, the route's got a bit weird. So, for example, I think they pick you up down in like Larkfield and then there's a two, you're on that coach for two hours just to get to Charlton and then they go to wherever it is. So you've wasted two hours beforehand. Uh, just picking up other people. The prices are expensive. Like I know it's a, the Fleetwood ones, uh, twenty eight pounds. It's quite pricey. I mean, mm. it's a longer journey. It's quite pricey. Uh, so the uh, the supporters uh, trust have stepped in. Uh, this, the China Athletic Supporters Trust have uh, announced that they are now to run uh, away coaches. Uh, uh, following the fact that they, it's been brought to their attention, trust members, uh, there's been some dissatisfaction uh, with aspects of the coach uh, uh, club uh, travel, uh, including not enough coaches pricing strange routes. Um, they say, although these comments have been passed on to the club, there don't seem to be any improvement in the service, and the trust therefore has decided to offer an alternative. We hope this will provide an improved service for fans and will offer more people the opportunity to travel and support the team. Uh, they're going to call. I know they're going to call on the uh, the expertise of Wendy Perfect, who spent years uh, doing the, the the coaches for both the uh, the club and for the supporters trust, uh, and also they're going to make it cheaper. So it's going to be twenty pound. Uh, for Fleetwood, for example, which is £8 cheaper than the, uh, the the club's coach. So it's nice to see an alternative offered, and it's another show of how the fan base can come together and, and do something good. Yeah, no, it's a great little alternative. And, you know, in these times as well, you know, 20, like you said, 28 quid is quite steep. And to get a service for, for a coach for 20 quid up there uh, to people who might not like going on trains or it's more convenient for them to have a coach, it's nice that we can try and cater for all types of fans to get to the game and like you said it's nice for the community and stuff I know they get looked after at Christmas and stuff I know it's like little like mince pies and that and that. I know a couple of people have been on it as well I've only had the pleasure of doing it when I was younger so I've yeah. never been on it since so. it's, it's a really good way the yeah. supporters coaches for getting young fans to, yeah. to get used to I mean travelling away with a club and mm. obviously you want the young fans to come to the home games but if they get used to travelling away with a the club they, they, they'll become more attached to the club mm. and therefore they will stay with the club and they'll come to more home 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Home games, and they'll, they'll want to keep coming to home games and away games, which means more money for the club overall if you're looking after your supporters. I think, yeah, I think it works both ways because... It, it takes away that money from the club to start with, and that's something obviously some fans are concerned with. With you know not buying food at, at matches and and things like that. On the other hand, if it's cheaper to go away, they're more likely to do it. It's going to get more fans going to away games, and like you say, that then has a knock-on effect to people maybe coming back to home games, and and hopefully builds up the crowd. And it also just has that real community feel to it, which is something that despite everything that's gone on in the last two or three years, Charlton's never really lost. And it's something we we you know. Like uh, in, uh, nationally famous for now is that you know the community trust and the work we do around the community and that feel of the club is still there that the, the supporters trust have noticed that and, and done their own thing to go forwards and yeah I think it's going to be a benefit for everyone and uh, it's not something I can take advantage of this time but in the past I've been put off by the travel mainly down to the price um, and that's something certainly if this if this runs and runs and is successful it's something I'm, I'm likely to consider I right. think it's also as if you as a parent as well because I mean when I go back to the premiership days when I used to go on the coach with my cousin Bobby what used to happen is is if the parents couldn't go if they know that you've got an adult there and you, you don't go you literally get into the ground you can't go anywhere else but on the coach a lot of people a lot of parents might be a bit more lenient and just say yeah you're more than happy to let your kids go there for the day and then you know they're in safe hands so I like I think it's a great little sort of aspect really yeah so if you want to get on that Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust coach to Fleetwood it's going to leave Bromley at 6.45am uh, Elton uh, or Wellhall Road at 7 uh, Charlton at 7.15 Bexley Heath 7.30 Dartford at 7.40 uh, you can uh, go to the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust website which is castrust.org uh, £20 it tells you how uh, how to pay for your uh, your coach place it's via PayPal all the uh, instructions are there now somewhere that you might be tempted to get the coach to now uh, is uh, Scunthorpe we were due to play uh, the iron up at, uh, up at Glanford Park on Saturday week it's been called off for international duty uh, because Charlton have three players who've been called up. You've got Lookman who's gone to the England under 20s now. You've got Jordan Bocato who's offered a DR Congo and you've got Josh McGuinness who's offered Northern Ireland. Um, so, so now we're on an international <laughs> break. So it's, it's worth knowing. It's, it's very short notice, isn't it? It's, it's just one of those things that, I mean, you know, when you're in the Prem, you, you get used to Sky moving you around and messing you around. It's, mm. it's, I mean, it's, it's something you can't avoid. If, you, if you're missing three players, you don't really want to go up there and play without no. you know, three players who, who are going to play in your team. But at the same time, it's a bit frustrating, such no, short notice, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the, if you can call it, it's a downside of having three decent players who can get called up for national sort of recognition. So it is... It is irritating, especially people who've bought hotels and trains and that already. Um, I don't, you know, they'll probably have to either cancel it or make alternative plans. Don't know what else you can do in Scunthorpe for the day, but um, yeah, it's a bit. It is a bit frustrating, but I don't know how you can speed it up because obviously the, the squads won't be released until nearer the time. Obviously, mm-hmm. so I think it's just one of those ones. If you've got 
international senior sides if you're in lower leagues then it's great for you in the league but then you've also the downside is obviously things like this can happen so it'd be good if, if um i know yeah pe- people pre-book their train tickets to try and save money hmm. um it'd be, it'd be great if we could all get together somehow perhaps and rally whatever train company it is that goes up towards that way hmm. um but it, it, it would take some yeah. sort of organization it, it'd be a good way for you know a, a rail company to try and get some good publicity i mean i did hmm. it with um Oh, a few years ago, we were due to play Leicester on a Tuesday night, and there was five or six of us all booked into the same hotel, and then there was some sort of thing where FA Cup games, if, the F- if Leicester had got through an FA Cup replay, our game the next week, because of like, postponements and all this, our game the next week would have had to be moved to the day after. Yeah. Uh, so I contacted the hotel. We'd all booked, like, non-changeable. I contacted the hotel, so there's five or six of us. We use your hotels up and down the country all the time. Mm. Is there any way, if this game gets moved by one night, you can just bump us just for one night, no charge, you know, as, as, as a goodwill gesture? Space, yeah. And sure enough, like, the hotel came back and said, yes. So if, if there's enough of you who can get together and perhaps say, look, we, we, we spend hundreds of pounds on your train company every every year to, to yeah. go and watch Charlton we've been messing around a bit here you know you know you're going to get our custom anyway if you could just do us this, this one off favour if you can get enough of you together to email that they, they might do that for you yeah I think if you that's what I mean if you all club together and do it at the same time I think you probably have a bit of more clout but um, yeah so it could be an idea for the guys and girls who've obviously booked tickets already um, to ch- obviously try and see how it goes and obviously just let us know how it goes because I think it'd be quite interesting if it's something to bear in mind for future yeah. reference. Might sure. be something the trust could then take on going forwards as well, looking yeah. at their sort of away travel. If this is something that's an issue, get them involved and see what they could do as well. We always know there's always the excitement when you're getting on a train to an away game that Jerry McCorbin might be sat on the floor of it as well. So, <laughs> every yeah, every cloud. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, an email in from Andrew Roth around uh, Tariq Holmes Dennis. He says I was disappointing at uh, Russell Slade's dig at Tariq Holmes Dennis. Slade's praise of Fox. Uh, Fox's attitude was correct but to imply that this was the difference was wrong I've watched Tariq Holmes Dennis since he was 16 and he has a terrific hunger and energy which is what marked him out at an early age this one will come back to bite us he obviously thinks that we're, we're going we're to miss out on, uh, on the future of Tariq Holmes Dennis and he's going to uh, progress to be an excellent player I'm going to be back in 30 seconds we've got plenty more to talk about here on Charlton Live the big match preview looking ahead to Saturday's game with Bolton Wanderers don't forget that um, uh, tonight's Charlton connection between the Alex and Bolton is Klaus Janssen so send us in your favourite memories of the, the, the great Dane uh, there's, there's plenty of good ones out there let us know what you can remember about Klaus Janssen's studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive Jackson Your favorite music and everything local. Your Maritime Radio. Welcome back. Chatwin Live here on Maritime Radio, Thursday, 25th of August. Looking ahead to uh, Saturday's game with Bolton Wanderers in a bit. Now, it brought to my attention today uh, because uh, it's, it's coming up to its submission date. The petition uh, that was started uh, by Hayley Parker uh, after Katrine Mayer's uh, appointment to the FA Council was announced. Uh, it's, it's received 4,399 uh, signatories now, just before, uh, it was just before we went on air. Uh, it's going to be submitted on Monday to the acting chairman of the Football Association, David Gill, and the chief executive officer of the Football Association, Martin Glenn. Um, interestingly, it's got so many. 
Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know when it, how many, because it, it, it was always ramping up as soon as it was happened, so I don't know what, um, if it's faded away a little bit or, um, people have sort of forgotten about it but yeah I I don't think anything's going to happen to be honest with the other I can't see him retracting their offer or no. sacking her before they even she even stepped foot in it but um, yeah no it's it, again it just shows the the sort of displeasure of obviously fans and Catcher being in a position of that sort of association was from what she's done at Charlton so shows how much work hard work she's got to, to ever win this fan base back and to win the wider mm. football world back I remember seeing I was just scrolling through some some tweets from Card earlier and looking back at the photos of the uh, club shop um, uh, they call it where they, they were swapping people going into the club shop uh, boycott outside yeah. outside the, uh, the game against Northampton there's Northampton shirts in and amongst the, the fans protesting um, it, show, it, show, I mean, it shows exactly how she is seen and I mean, we, we've discussed it before, but you just get the impression no matter what happens here now, even if we turn into Leicester City and go and win the, the Premier League, <laughs> she's still going to struggle to win a lot of people back. Yeah, well, I um, I know I made that joke earlier talking about Tariq Holmes Dennis that you know if we're lucky we'll see him in the Premier League playing for someone else, and that comes back to comments she made, and there's something that you know I haven't forgotten, and, and plenty of people won't have done. So when you try and talk about a player, you know that immediately springs to mind, but. I agree with you and I think I said it with Terry on I think it must have been the first Sunday show of the season and he was kind of trying to play devil's advocate and trying to see ways that you know fans might start to forgive but as far as I'm concerned that that relationship's broken and I I don't see how it's going to heal they can do do everything they want I think if we're and I think you made the reference Louis to to Hull you know they're in the Premier League now um, and they've won two on the spin but they're still protesting they're still not happy with the ownership and I think you know what what we've had to put up with for the last two or three years. I can't personally can't see that relationship being fixed. Uh, London Unigiza says a lot of clubs uh, run independent coaches, so a good idea. I remember the glory days of the football specials. Now these are like I think they used to put on like actual trains just for football fans. Yeah, never happened in my day, sadly. I think perhaps maybe to Middlesbrough, but they, they, they must have been pretty fun. Uh, and then he goes on to say a lot of us have bought train tickets for Scunthorpe and now lose. Uh, your forty pounds. I mean, that that must be frustrating. Like I say, it'd be great if if enough of us could get together. Those of you who do have train tickets, but I don't know. Like they should do something. Obviously, you'd have to prove that you were going for a football match, but they could do like a football rate, couldn't they? If you could prove that you've got a match day ticket or something like that, um, that you then obviously it's not. It's the fare is charged based on the fact that you're going to football, and there's some flexibility on moving it around, but. Like I say, to stop people taking advantage, you'd have to be able to prove you're going to the game or at least have a match day ticket or something. But mm. something like that's got to help because these sort of things, they happen quite frequently. You know, pl- games get moved last minute, games get moved for telly. I mean, Middlesbrough last year with us, wasn't it, that got changed fairly late. And yeah. I know a few, my mate's a Middlesbrough fan, lives down here and a few of his mates have booked stuff down and it kind of screwed them over as well. So... I think something needs to be sorted. I doubt it's going to be sorted on a little chart on podcast, but any <laughs> Never suggestions? Know. Yeah, if, some, if, if someone picks it up and takes it forward, like you say, talking yeah. about it in groups to the rail networks, you know, these sort of things might might happen. But yeah, it's frustrating for sure. Now uh, on the Sunday show, uh, I wasn't here, but Terry did a stellar job hosting. Uh, he's uh, we, we we had the uh, uh, the subject of uh, games that you've really really moved heaven and earth to get to. Uh, and then ended up in not really not worth the, the, the hassle after Terry uh, back in his younger days. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of those. Um, and uh, he um, he's, he moved heaven and earth to get towards 
um, uh, I think Warsaw on like a, a Wednesday or Tuesday night he like had to hitchhike all this had to walk through snow and all that unload a lorry didn't unload, he unload point, a, didn't? help someone unload a lorry just to, just to, to get uh, his, uh, his journey up there uh, it turned out we were tuning up cruising and then all of a sudden I think we chucked away the two goal lead with two shocking back passes uh, including one in the last couple of minutes so Terry wanted to know what, um, what terrible journeys you'd had uh, to games which hadn't proved worth it Cap Vine is a podcast listener uh, thanks for your email Cap he says hey listen to the podcast and thought about getting a uh, uh, about getting to a home game and pulling all the stops out to get there. I was working away in India. I managed to get the company to arrange my flight so I would get back to the UK for 6 a.m. Rushed home from Heathrow uh, and got a quick shower. Jumped in the car, which then broke down in Catford. AA came along, fixed it. Just about got to the match for kickoff, and we lost five 0 to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had anything like that, but that, that's a pretty shocking. Uh, Shocking way to, to to go about things, isn't it? Yeah, I, d- I don't think I've anyth- anything like that really. Yeah. The only the only time I've really been mucked around is when uh, we was going up to Sheffield Wednesday. I think it might it might have been the cup game. I could be wrong. And, oh, then, got and he got called off. But literally, we were at, it must have been Euston, and the train pulled away. And I would say, I ain't even lying. About thirty seconds, it said, "Right, <laughs> game cancelled." Don't worry, boys. We'll get off the next stop, Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> so what we did is we just end, end up going to Sheffield and just got absolutely smashed in Sheffield for what four hours and then came home <laughs> at five o'clock day out in Sheffield to be honest even if the game had happened you probably wouldn't have noticed it's probably, no. probably, yeah, probably yeah. Been a very similar day to what you would have had. I was <laughs> trying to think the worst thing that's happened to me I mean, the only times I can think about it is like struggling with snow and stuff to get to Luton in the FA Cup but we won that 3-1 a similar story with Blackburn Rovers it'd been snow we weren't sure if the game was going to go ahead mm. we weren't sure what the trains going to be like we managed to wrestle our way up to, to Blackburn but we beat them 2-1 so it's, it's, yeah. the, the times that's happened to me has actually been quite worth it I mean the one that was brought up was at the Yeovil rainy day where yeah. it absolutely two, was yeah. that 2-1 well, was um, it yeah one? I think it was 1-0 but uh, everyone got absolutely drenched on the open terrace but luckily for me I didn't have to I wasn't at that one so yeah if you have any uh, games like that and you want to get in before the end of the show let us know otherwise in, after the next break we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, absolute class Jensen is fed in, lovely touch, goes round his player, chips across the box, Jackson, oh yes, what a goal by Johnny Jackson, arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Your favourite music and everything local. Your Maritime Radio. Has anyone else noticed I've only got the one maritime jingle this week? I've <laughs> <laughs> played the same. We're on a different, slightly different computer setup this week. Something's gone wrong. So uh, only one maritime jingle. So if you're getting bored of it, sorry. Uh, right. Um, Charlton Connections is a new feature. We're going to start on the big match preview ahead of every uh, Saturday game. We're going to look for a connection uh, between the Addicts and, and Saturday's opponents this week. Uh, an obvious choice I mean that you could have had Mark Fish as well I'm sure there's plenty of others who, who played could have had Dorian and Laurie Dor- Andy, yeah, Dorian, Andy yeah. Todd Laurie Wilson Andy Todd uh, we've, we've gone for the best uh, I think the, the cream of the bunch there <laughs> uh, we, we've, we've gone Only for Klaus Jenschen I mean um, technically one one of the best players I've ever seen in a Charlton show yeah I was thinking about it like before the show and I was thinking people are talking about Holmes now as someone who, who gets you off your seat you know and he picks the ball up and bursts forward and while Klaus didn't do that in the same way, he's one of those players that got you off your seat just by doing something in the middle of the park. It wasn't necessarily a shot. It wasn't necessarily a goal. It, he would just do a little bit of skill or one you know, amazing pass or something that would just get the crowd cheering. And 
he was such a game changer. He just had that that class and that same level of quality that I think we're now seeing from Holmes. But yeah, he could just turn the game on his head and so, some little turn away from a midfielder and he was off. And he was just so graceful in the middle of the park. And yeah, someone yeah I used to love coming to watch play here. He always used to have like a lot. He always used to make so much time on the yeah. ball. It always seemed like he no one was around him, but it was just the way he can control the game, anticipate where it was going to go. He was just so clever in his play. Um, and I think that's probably why a lot of people took to him because he was quite humble, really, yeah. wasn't he? He wasn't, he wasn't a show pony. He wasn't he flashy at all. Kept it simple and done the right things. I mean, he, he, um, the, he, he did have a skill on him. For, uh, the best piece of skill I've ever seen from him was away at his old club, Bolton, where he had the ball by the corner flag and two little um, sort of Cruyff turns, both, I think, at least one of them a nutmeg, possibly two of them, and he got past two men when it looked like he had absolutely nowhere to go mm. in the corner flag. But, I mean, ev- everyone's got their, their favourite memories of him. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've asked for, for, for your tweets in and, and Nate you, you've done a good job throughout the week uh, compiling uh, yeah. what people had to say on the Great Dane yeah so yesterday a couple of people put, put in uh, sort of their sort of goals and you know what they were like and so uh, Daniel Davenport and Bobby Williams said the goal against Blackburn when Friedel scored and then to equalise and then he went up the other end and scored 1-4-3 I think didn't we so um, there was that one there then you've got the chip against Arsenal Sean and Jimmy said um, goals against United at the Valley and at Old Trafford and then the two favourites of mine would be the shindig at Man City <laughs> not only that it's a shindig but it was also over Nicky Weaver <laughs> even though he was a child boy in the end and then that, um, the free kick against West Ham at home mm. when we won 4-2 oh, yeah, great that goal yeah. so um, that was yeah that was my f- my, my um, favourite um, my favourite class yes. I mean, I was, well, one of my favourite class because I said there's so many to pick, to pick the, the hybrid one that the free kick against yeah. which to be honest I've forgotten it's got a, an absolute screamer against Man United here to put us 1-0 up in yeah. a, a game we eventually lost uh, 3-1 um, th- th- this this was a game we won 2-0 away at West Ham mm. and I think I didn't go to it I just stared looking at it on the telly um, he put us 1-0 up in, in the third or fourth minute with a tap-in but because it's Klaus Jensen when the ball came to him three yards out and a tap-in he couldn't just tap it in he, he still made sure he put it into the top <laughs> corner he seemed to, like, seemed to have a little bit of bend on it as well but from yeah. three yards out absolutely rifled it into the top corner it's just an absolute quality finish don't do tap-ins yeah, nah. yeah. Um, th- there was all, all sorts of rumours about him when he, when he played uh, mm. for us about um, whether he was a, a smoker which is very unusual isn't it but apparently, yeah. apparently he was yeah there was rumours that he was but I don't know, he wouldn't know though, would you? Because he was a workhorse as well. He weren't like a lazy. Yeah, he went like Berbatov or something. He put his foot in and out. Yeah, no, he was like. A, uh, I remember that we had that season where we had, I think, was, we had Parker, Jensen, yeah. Kinsella, and, and all in the midfield at a similar times. And when, when we, I remember, I remember specifically this game away against Newcastle, which was on the telly. I think we ended up losing like two or three one, and we got robbed a bit with with a dodgy penalty or something, if I remember rightly. But I remember at one point just watching that. Uh, around my friend's house and there was this bit where we were, I think we were, we'd gone two and a down we've got one back we're back in the game and then uh, we're, Newcastle were attacking and we, and we were breaking I was just looking at this midfield we'd had mm. we had, and just how, how good they were at moving the ball and he, he was an integral part of, mm. of a midfield that, that had a, a great range of passing a great ability to counter quickly and, and an ability to, to score and create goals mm. That's where, that, that was the same season we were like fourth in the league weren't mm. we so in the same season that Parker went but um yeah, that that midfield it sort of epitomised us at the time. You know, we didn't have superstars, but we had that team spirit, and we just done the basics right. And with a little bit of flair here and there, we we got the results. And that's what a lot of 
other fans from other clubs remember Charlton as was that sort of era where we were in a solid premiership team though that so-called model club which is mm. far-fetched now but people still talk about that yeah. time then and you know everyone used to say you know we want to be the next Charlton to be run properly mm. and that sort of thing and now everyone's saying oh now we want to be the Stoke of the Premier League, yeah. you know run properly and and it's obviously a massive fall from grace now but yeah that side we had everything in there and it was yeah it was those were the that's when I sort of remember going because that's really when I was re- more really involved that's when I was at like, secondary school so they were the sort of days that I remember but yeah loads of like loads of goal memories but obviously I asked them um, if they've what he's like personally because I, I can imagine he's quite quiet and humble mm. and then um, our own Susie Gallup Sue Gallup sorry Sue uh, he said um, his smile was massive lovely guy very funny and quite shy in some respects we called him Smiler um, and then uh, Will Wyndham uh, said uh, he met him in Hang on. I met him at a B&Q car park when I was little. He signed my arm with a biro. He pressed it quite hard and it hurt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if well, he's like I say, like I say, he didn't do tap-ins. <laughs> <laughs> well, he like, do it goes all out. Yeah. <laughs> with a little curve on the... Yeah, yeah. little flick the biro, at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so that's this week's uh, Charlton Connection. Klaus Jensen, uh, an absolute legend legend for the addict, signed him uh, from, from Bolton Wanderers in 2000 played uh, 123 games for us 16 goals according to Wikipedia so therefore it definitely wasn't 16 goals it was something else yeah. but uh, yeah a legend plays for uh, his national team Denmark I remember him coming on against England that's when we beat him 3-0 mm. in a World Cup 2002 yeah he came yeah. with a sub that game yeah, yeah so yeah, lots, of, trick lots of excellent friendly. memories of Klaus Jensen until we sold him to Fulham uh, and uh, then he scored against us mm. but, right <laughs> uh, this is a big match but we're back in, uh, in 30 seconds so we're going to look ahead to this Saturday's game with Bolton Wanderers here at the Valley. Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson and roll it out to Cousins who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson and instead of Goodmanson going on his own a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vettikaili who buried his chance and Charlton a 2-1 up Charlton Live Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview looking ahead to Saturday's game with Bolton Wanderers. In a sec, just had a, an email from Matthias Johnson, from uh, Matthias Johnson, says that uh, he, he drawing my attention to a tweet you sent uh, yesterday. He, he went he went past a pub called the Roland Arms. Uh, so oh, he, I saw that. Yeah, yeah he won. He won. Wait, Charlton. I don't think no, it's in Charlton. No, it's in, <laughs> in Sheffield. It's in, it's, in, it's in Sheffield, where where Matt, Matthias lives. And uh, I've just retweeted that from. Uh, <laughs> from uh, from the Channel Live account, if you want to uh, see yeah. where Roland drinks uh, when he comes to England, brackets never uh, where he comes during the week. Uh, right, uh, Saturday, Bart Wanderers, uh, only team in English football uh, with a hundred percent record. Well, I'm sure there's something like non-league levels ten or something, but yeah. uh, only team in, you know in in the uh, the football league with a hundred percent record. They've played for one four so far this season. I mean, this is going to be a real good gauge to see where we are, really, isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. it's I said yesterday on Twitter, it's going to be, it's going to give us a good idea where we are as Bolton as a benchmark. But in in, all, in some respects as well, it's going to be a test for them as well. So it's not all the, it's not like they're going to be obviously favourites for the game, obviously. But I don't think they're coming here thinking it's it's going to be an easy game. So I think it's good for both sides to gauge where they are in terms of squad and how we play. Uh, Bolton are a lot more direct. Um, 
than we are uh, from what I've seen but um, yeah no, I think it'll be a good game I, th- I think it'll be a good test for us um, and it'll be I think it'll be fairly busy bank holiday weekend and that but yeah it should be a good game looking forward to it are you really expecting it to be busy though in, ter- in terms of crowd I mean we can talk about that I, I, I genuinely Hopefully, think it will be if the weather's nice yeah I mean uh, we've sort of talked about I mean, we had a tweet in uh, earlier on today uh, from Robert Snow it says September game protests need to be a complete boycott okay some will go but a clear message with the attendance near 1 uh, to 2000 I mean there, there are still plenty of people who, like, especially like, after the news like Tariq Holmes Dennis where they feel it's a young, some people think it's a young player we, we want to hold on to even, even if the player doesn't want to be here um, people still want to boycott and, and and you know you can you can fully understand that can't you yeah completely appreciate that um yeah i think you know we've said it several times over the past year or so i think those that want to protest have to accept that there's going to be those who want to go to games and vice versa and neither's right and neither's wrong you know they're both doing it for the right reasons and for what they feel is right for the club um going back to the game i think naif spot on i think a lot of us are thinking you know bolton are unbeaten in four and it's going to be a real tough game for us but we're also forgetting, you know, it's going to be a tough game for them. We're unbeaten in two, uh, three. We've we've won our last two. We're playing some nice football. Um, you know, we've had different sort of stories in that they've kept a lot of their players, but we've kind of started to build a new squad. But you know, we're we're competitive now and we're, we're looking like a good side. So I think it's going to be an exciting game. And obviously, they bring a lot of experience to this level. But so do we now. Now we've bought the right players in. So. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the game myself. Return to the valley of uh, a former Cholton manager, oh. Parky, Phil Parkinson. I mean, he had uh, an interesting spell here at the valley. A lot of people felt he never should have got the job in the first place after the caretaker spell where I think mm. we were winless in eight. Uh, mm. He, over, in the end, oversaw the, the relegation from the championship. Um, but I thought he gave it a real good go back in League One. For me, you know, if, uh, I, think, I think he deserves a round of applause when he comes back. There's a bit of a debate on Cholton. Uh, life for him about whether he'd get one or not I, mean, I, can't, I can't imagine you'd, you'd dislike him really you might have thought he didn't do a very good job yeah. But, yeah. I, 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 I thought he was dealt with a bad hand personally I think you know he had a lot of deadwood when he inherited the team mm. we got relegated with Pardew uh, special teams and all that but um, yeah no he got us to the, he got us to the playoffs and you know we were on, well we were unfortunate but you know that we'll forget about that but uh, yeah no I, 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 I'll give him a clap Mm. Uh, yeah, there was enough I didn't think he'd done anything wrong I thought he was a nice man and I just thought he was a nice all-round guy and I thought he'd done all right I don't think don't see why we'd boo him or like no do you know what I mean he, he clearly worked hard didn't he yeah. and he's now proven at the last couple of clubs that he's got some quality there exactly. I think losing out in the playoffs is going to be hard for anyone I wonder if he just didn't really recover from that like Naif says as well it wasn't like the squad was amazing either but yeah. I thought when he came in, he was honest. He was he was a decent manager. He seemed to work hard, and it just didn't work out for him. But mm. yeah, I'll certainly give him a clap when he comes out. And then as soon as the game starts, obviously hope that they get hammered. But now there, there wasn't really a proper press day today. I'm guessing that the new shopper weren't weren't about. And, and I don't know I don't know what happened with BBC Kent, but um, there wasn't really a proper one today. The only the only one they had was um, looks like Ollie Ollie interviewed Russell. So it's always going to be a slightly different one because it's mm. an internal one. Uh, I also haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, so I don't know if Russell gives away too much. But not really. Yeah. I had to listen. Yeah. But. Anything on on injuries or he said the only one he's definite about is Novak. Um, he's probably not going to be a part, but he said about Holmes and I think Jacko and a couple of others. He said he's you know they he'd like them to be involved. Said there's no guarantee that they're going to be gone. And same with he talks about Bauer and Lennon as well and says how good it was to see them playing for the under twenty threes in the week and maybe they can play a part as well. So on the whole, he seemed positive. As I say, for everyone apart from Novak who is likely to miss out. 
I just wonder how close Patrick Bauer is to that starting berth now. He's 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 got that, that ninety minutes. He scored twice the under twenty under twenty threes, which is unusual. He wasn't he wasn't known for his goal scoring, but yeah, he's he's coming back, isn't he? Yeah, and I think it won't be too long until he probably starts. And I think Ezzy mm. probably make way. But Get again, I said yeah, I said last week. I don't think that's any disservice to Ez. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. He might play today. Uh, today might play Saturday. We don't know. I think it'll be a bit too soon for him. But an, um, an email in from Andre Ali says, "I thought there was a really lame Thursday press conference with Russell today. Very short, with just one person asking question. That is because by the sounds of it, no one was, it was there. Just yeah. the club, yeah. It was just a club. He didn't mention that we have a small group of players, but nothing. Uh, he did. He did mention sorry that we have a small group of players, but nothing about the squad being far too small and the pursuit of further signings." days after the ludicrous sale of a THD on the cheap. Surely a future Cholton player for the Championship, but this regime have no such ambition, which they have proved beyond any reasonable doubt time and time again, and will continue to do so as they have repeatedly said, actions speak louder than words. Thanks for your email. Uh, Andre, uh, we had a tweet in as well from Jimmy Cedar. It's not the real Jimmy Cedar. It was his grandson. Uh, says he's looking forward to the Bolton match. Uh, should be a good test of where Cholton are as a team. And he also asked me where his book is. It's on my bedside cabinet uh, and I haven't actually finished reading it yet has been so busy with the football stuff this season but I want to get through it and then I will <laughs> send it back to you uh, Ray Pamant tweets uh, no use to CFC but Virgin East Coast offer Newcastle and Sunderland supporters a special booking page for their train so I mean it'd be great if, if they could set that up for all supporters because obviously okay. Newcastle and Sunderland fans often have to travel very long distances so it will cost them a lot of money yeah. but you know why, why can't they do that for us well yeah as I say I said nothing would get sorted necessarily on a podcast like this but it's interesting to hear that those things do happen mm. but yeah I am surprised that it hasn't happened more often because Football fans do get stung quite easily, particularly over the winter or whatever, or when games get moved for internationals or TV. So, yeah, it could be something that could be rolled out, I think. Yeah. Uh, London Inn at Giza says, Parky did okay, was sacked three points off automatic, very harsh. Uh, decent geezer and auto also bought us uh, Johnny Jackson and Lewis Wheeler uh, coming to you Nave says that Carol Fryer was also a nice man <laughs> so it doesn't, uh, well, doesn't, doesn't necessarily qualify you yeah. as, a, as, a, as a very good uh, manager Tim Ruffle on the uh, Charlton Connections uh, Klaus Jensen says he, can, he says he can only really talk about the chip at Highbury which was absolutely sublime we've got a minute left guys have to do your predictions ahead of Saturday's game Tom 3-0 Three nil. Three nil to the addicts, to the addicts or to Bolton? Ah, uh, to us. Yeah, who, who's yeah. your goal scorers? Uh, McGuinness with one and Holmes with two. Nice, Nate. I'm going. I'm going one all. I'm going to say McGuinness has scored every week now. It's my new fave. <laughs> and I've reckon is Lo- Laurie still there? Any? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll get the equaliser last minute. Ah, oh, going. Yeah, got Sickner. Him. There you go. I'd rather yeah. go to my game. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to go. For I said Laurie on own goal. I yeah, I'm going to go for a two-one victory to the Addicts. Nicky Ajose to score with parts of his body that aren't his feet. Yeah. Ear and his beard side. Right, don't forget, uh, Chapman Live will be back here on Maritime Radio on Sunday evening. www.maritimeradio.london or chapmanlive.co.uk. You can also listen to us on the TuneIn app. Don't forget, you can listen to all our shows as podcasts. Download the Acast app because if you listen to us through that podcast app, we get money. You don't have to pay. iTunes, you can listen to us through iTunes as well, but Acast is much better for us. That has been Chapman Live, the big match preview. I've been Louis Meadows, Tom Wallin. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Nathan Muller, thanks for coming in. Cheers, mate. Come here, Let's hope that the addicts can gain all three points against Bolton Wanderers on Saturday. (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.